the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast with Alex Trateris, John Malika, and Ricey on the beat. Let's go. What's up, everyone? We are back with another Jets episode on the Knicks Jets, etc. podcast. Alex, you are not no longer solo. We are 100% back here, but we do have some stuff we have to get into from your solo last week, including some C.J. Mosley and some Elijah Moore discussions that we have to get into. We also have some, I guess, kind of breaking news from Jets camp. We got the May extension or lack of extension coming up. There's also some fallout at cornerback from the media, from a little a little Mina Kimes hate, and also some Richard Sherman news coming out. So we'll get into all that stuff um, because, as always, as always, as always, Alex, the Jets offseason does not sleep. But before we get into all that, man, what's up, Alex? Sorry to leave you hanging, dude. How was your solo episode? How are you? Tell Jets Nation uh, how the Tridecaster 101 is doing on this uh, fine Jets offseason day. It's good, John. And, uh, you know, just back. Thankfully, thankfully, I got my wonderful co-host back with me uh, so I don't have to be alone and making side jokes at you of doing your Carmen San Diego vibes or just partying <laughs> it up out in Europe. Just you are now back here in the trenches side by side. Amigo, amigo. Ready to go back at it. We got Jets. We got New York Jets content to start gearing up for. We got to talk about it, man. There's a lot going on, but, you know, it's been all right. It was fun doing some uh, monologues for a little bit, getting some monologue chops going. That, that was a little interesting. Living-wise, you know, writing articles for, about the Knicks, talking about the Jets, talking about the Knicks, all this stuff, man. Sports never sleeps, and New York sports never sleep, especially when it comes to the New York Knicks and the New York Jets. And we don't have to discuss the New York Yankees because – it's a roller coaster of a ride oh, of emotions. That's a roller coaster ride of emotions. But <laughs> yeah, we won't get into we won't get too much to the Yankees, except for the fact that the next couple series are pretty huge. But yeah, man, you know my my little uh, European football tour is over, so we won't have to talk uh, soccer anymore. Euro twenty twenty is over, Alex. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> so we're we're on to American football now, and. Of course, dude, there's never any dull time, never any downtime when we're talking about the New York Jets offseason. And it starts with, oh, man, it starts with a second-round pick that I thought was going to get an extension, man. I thought I thought we were finally going to extend the second-round pick on the Jets, but it doesn't look like it's happening. Dude, yeah, I don't get extension. What are we talking about? What, what, what's, what, what's going on, man? What are, your, what are your feelings here? What are your thoughts here? Dude, I have no idea what's going on with this Marcus May, Marcus May extension right now. It is really, really bothering to to a degree at this point because the whole thing is that all right, we're not gonna we're 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 moving out from the quarterback one money wise to set the financial uh, uh financial clock back on the quarterback right. That's that's numero uno. Number two, we got rid of Jamal Adams because we didn't want to pay a safety that much. All right, cool. Now we're here. Now we actually have money. It's not like we're, 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 we're riddled with so much money that our cap is just in hell at this point. We actually can extend Marcus May 
and it seems like they lowballed him. Instead of right now, he's getting the franchise tag, which is around ten ten point eight million. Yep, yep. Keep me honest, yep. honest around there. But I think it was around eight million that they wanted to give him an extension. And honestly, man, like I keep going back to this. Fine. You want to say I was wrong about Jamal Adams? Fine, I'll take it. Fine. You want to say that I was wrong about Sam Donald? Fine. This at this point is at some point you have to invest in homegrown players. And I can't I just it doesn't sit right with me that we're lowballing one of the guys that was MVP, was the team MVP last season. He won the award. Like he played the best out of everybody last season. He, he was the one that only showed up no matter how bad Adam Gase and uh Greg was all right. So what 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 are we what are we doing here? Like I get that Joe Douglas is trying to maintain maintain like cap flexibility, but we also have to like treat our guys right too to show that if you do stay here, like we're gonna you're gonna be okay. Like I understand the home team discount, but that's he's asking for more than a home team discount at that point. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Oh man, it's. Dude, I I can just see both sides of the coin, and that's why I'm kind of frustrated. So I understand that Marcus May is old, right? For quote unquote old for safety, but we kind of knew that going into it, right? Like we knew that when we drafted him that he's going to be this old in four years. Like this, none none of this was a secret. None of this snuck up on us. So it's I get that it's not fair, but also at the same time. We could franchise him for two years, technically. Like, like we could put Marcus May in prison for two more seasons as a New York Jet if we if we really wanted to. And then by the time that happens, he's thirty. You know what I mean? And then we don't have to, you don't have to pay him at all, and we can let him walk out the door. And I guess it's being petty. And I totally understand your quote unquote. We have to show players that we take care of our guys. But in this case, Marcus May was a rookie. Like, do we really have to prove to rookies? That we like you, <laughs> we don't, you know, we don't, we don't owe anything to rookies. You know what I mean? When we draft you, you stay here for four years and then you figure it out. I mean, for the most part, if we, if a rookie gets offered an extension, he takes it. You know what I'm trying to say? So no, it's not like we'll be able, we'll like, we will have a bad reputation among rookies and like we won't be able to like sign rookies. You know what I'm trying to say? I don't think this and free agents really have anything to do with each other. However, I do understand that. At, at some point, Joe Douglas has to pay somebody some amount of money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like at, up until now, whether it's free agency, whether it's trades, we're lowballing everyone. Like <laughs> trades, we're you know we're, we're asking for first round picks galore. Any free agents that come by, we're mostly going with a. It's too expensive for Joe Douglas, and now we're not extending anyone, and we're trading anyone who <laughs> asks for too much money. So. I do see your concerns, Alex. I mean, I just, I'll say this, like, it's not being nice to rookies. Not every rookie deserves an extension. He's not just any rookie. He's been one of our best players on the team, especially on the defensive end, whether it was with Jamal Adams or whoever we had on the offense. He's been one of the best players. It's not like he's some slouch. You know, you had PFF who ranked him as one of the four, top four, right? Top four best safeties. So, now we're saying we're not going to pay our best guy. That's the, that's the thing. It's the best guy. It's not that he was a rookie and that we, it's not that he was just only homegrown talent. He's homegrown talent and one of our best guys and one of the best in the league. And now we're saying he's not even asking for Jamal Adams money. 
that was crazy. We're talking about 14, 18 million that he, that, that guy was looking at. We're just saying what, maybe a little bit more than 10 million. Like, I mean, think about it. Like if you, if he wants a, if he wants a four year, $40 million extension, which is just 10, you know, 10 a year, then he's going to be like one of the highest paid safeties ever. You know what I'm trying to say? So if you do lowball him and say here's eight for four years, he's pretty, he's still like top five safeties in the league. You can but also, you, but you but can Marcus also May, shift it. Yeah, you know, Marcus May knows that this is his last contract. This is, is, is one and only big contract. And that's why he's pissed off. And I get it. But from the Jets, if you're really being smart about it, why would you, why would you spend 40 million on a safety that's going to be 32 by the time you got rid of him? Rather than worst case scenario, you could spend 20 million and then he, he's going to be 30 and you kind of have like this non-premier position open and ready to go. Yeah, I mean, we've seen the safeties it's play. Ugly. Big I know roles, it's man. ugly, bro. Seen, I know it's ugly. Seen, I just don't agree with it, man. I just do not agree with it. You're talking about someone who gave, first of all, here's my thing. Cause he's franchise tag, right? So he can't, unless pretty sure he can't go negotiate it. So you're telling me that he's, he's hindered to the jets for two years. And that's it. That just doesn't seem right. So then you just ruin his entire career. By the age of 30, you're just ruining his entire career and won't get that big contract. Granted, we're not talking about like pennies on the dollar, but still, you know, my thing is that he's been your guy. He's played well. Sure, he wasn't drafted by Joe Douglas. He was drafted by McCagnan, but he's been the Jets guy. I, I just have something where you got to treat your guys right. You can't show me that, sure, Carl Lawson, premier position. I get why he gets paid. Okay, you want to reset the clock with with uh, Zach Wilson instead of paying Sam Darnold? Got it. You didn't want to pay Jamal Adams, who wanted much more money. Fine, and we got a great return for that. Now, what you're saying is that, meh, buddy, like, thanks for your service, but don't really care. Yeah, that doesn't jive with me, man. I, honestly, like, I get the whole money aspect of it, but it can't just always be about money. At some point, pe- people do read up on that as, as, as like, whether you're a player or whatnot. And if you're trying to negotiate and you're trying to keep good players, like, and you're trying to attract good free agents, that shit gets recognized. Okay. And we've signed good free, we've signed top tier free agents, paid them a lot of money, and they haven't done jack. And when it comes to guys who played for us and who've done very well and we don't extend them, what is that? Come on. Like, yeah, I, I guess it looks, I, I, I mean, I, I am with you. It, it's, it smells bad, right? And I, and I get it. But at the end of the day, the franchise tag is bargained for. And, you know, it, it, it makes sense for the Jets to use that in, in their own best interest. You know what I mean? I mean, if you're, think, like, ask yourself, if you're, if you're Marcus May's agent, do you want, let's say, 32 million guaranteed, or, you know, 32 million guaranteed over, you know, three years or whatever? Or, or, or do you want that, you know, 10 million a year for two years? I mean, it's not, again, it's not like, it's not like he's, um, and nobody's crying that Marcus May's gonna be poor. I get that it would be it would be way nicer and it would, you know, make more sense for us to pay our best player from last year and to kind of like give him his flowers for sticking with us. I totally get you. Our best second round pick in since David Harris. I'm totally with you, right? Um but at the end of the day, 
you can't penalize the Jets for using their franchise tag, which is collectively bargained for. You know what I mean? And I don't think that affects free agents just because – thank you for reminding me about Carl Lawson because that does seem like the only uh, player who uh, uh, Joe Douglas has actually splurged for. But I don't know. I, I just don't see it being a huge deterrent. But I, I, I also agree with you in the sense that it does look bad that we're not paying our, you know, our one MVP from last year who stuck around. It doesn't sit right with me, man. I mean, we can, I get that you're trying to, it's trying to parse in between. I I get the financial aspect of it for the Jets. I totally do. If you're trying, if you're trying to do the Jets way and trying to save money, cash space, everything else. Yeah, I totally get it. Do I agree with it? No, just because I get it. And just because I get their perspective doesn't always mean that it's right. I think for, for, for one instance, especially in the NFL, since most of these things aren't guaranteed, and they can structure those deals where you pay most of it up front too. Like we've seen that. We've seen that they can structure deals where most of the money is up front. They still have cap flexibility that's non-guaranteed going down the line. The Jets can actually do that. Like I, I just don't get that. I just that's the part that I don't get. Like you can actually do that. It's not that it has to be uh it has to be structured as 10, 10, 10, 10. It could be, you know, 15. You know, you get another year eight and so forth and you work your way down. They can do those type of things. And I think you should at least do that for a guy who now that you have this hold on, who you'll probably tag for two years, he won't be able to go tag, uh, go out in free agency unless you're planning on trading him. And even then the other, another, couldn't another team tag him too, because it's still the contract, like his contract that he could be franchise tag for another, another go around. So I just don't, that's, that's the, that's the part of it. That's just irritating is that they can structure it differently. They can do these type of things with him instead of just saying, oh, we don't want to pay you every year $10 million. And it's not like the Jets are over the cap. They still have cap space for this year. So why not use it? Why not pay the guy? You know, I know it would kick in for next year, but they still have cap space for next year. That, that Not everyone that they have now, Alex Lewis, like, like guys are going to be gone by next season. Like, I don't even think we're going to have uh, what, what is it, Chris Herndon next season unless he shows up and he hasn't shown up in even OTAs. Yeah, I, I don't think yeah, – we're, we're definitely not going to resign Chris Herndon. You know what's going on? With, like you got Ryan Griffin That'll, the, next season. This is his last season. We're not resigning him. Yeah, so you're, we're, we're getting guys who are going to be off this contract suit, off their contract suit, and we're going to have more cap space in the upcoming year. So I don't get why you can't say, hmm, unless you're thinking, you know, we could wait until next season – to get a deal done because we want to see what the landscape is. That's a different story. And that could be the deal, but it doesn't seem like it, it is right now. Cause usually with your best guys, you don't want to wait for the off season. You usually like to take it in house during the season. So they're not thinking about that and they can perform at the optimal level that they can do. So that's, that's, that's my stance yeah. on, on, on Marcus May. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, I, I sort of agree with you, but to be honest with you, I kind of see this being, Marcus May's last year on the Jets, just like the, uh, a one and done franchise tag, and we'll kind of just let him walk next year. And if someone happens to sign him, and we don't happen to sign anyone, which I doubt, then we'll get that comp pick. But I feel like we'll just kind of let him walk, and we'll sign some free agents next year, and we'll kind of call it a day. Because let's see, let's, let's talk about how the Jets are operating, right? So they do have. Uh, LaMarcus Joyner, who they signed, who seems to be for this regime. We have Blake Cashman. I mean, not uh, Blake Cashman. We have um, Austin Davis, 
Ashton Davis, our, our safety who flashed last year, but I don't think we could really put him in as a starter. And then we have Marcus May. So I don't know. I mean, if Marcus May has an amazing year for us and is kind of carrying that, that safety room, I can kind of see us signing him next year, but at the same time, I can kind of see them being pissed at us and really just does, doesn't really trust the team anymore. Agent was kind of talking a little smack about the Jets. But this all comes full, man, because this is our weakest point. The weakest point on the New York Jets team this year is our secondary, as you have pointed out a bunch of times, as honestly has been circulating the media, um, especially now that the Jets didn't sign Marcus May. I know that Mina Kimes was kind of uh, th- giving us a couple of dirty shots, uh, asking us... Um, Asking the nation if they could name any two cornerbacks for the Jets off the top of their head, um, as adjusted them for not signing Marcus May. So she's on your side, man. And she has a really good point. I mean, like, it really is. Like, who are the New York Jets right now to, to, to be telling MVPs of the secondary to be like, nah, nah, we're good to go. Meanwhile, we probably have on paper the worst secondary in the NFL. Yeah. I, I just, you know, I agree with that standpoint. Like, who who are we? We're a rebuilding team. You need guys who are leaders. Marcus May was considered a leader. We keep going back to, like, intangibles of aspects of football or just team sports in general, whether it's basketball, football, baseball, hockey, whatever. You need guys in that locker room who are leaders, who have a command of your locker room, who have a command of, in this case, the defense and in particular, the secondary, which is our weakest point, and not only did I mention it, like we, you, we, we both mentioned this. We both agreed pr- prior to even me doing monologues was that the secondary is the weakest position next to the kicker. So we, this is this is this is where I just I just don't get the 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 madness in saving so much money. It's it's there to spend. It seems like we've gone a complete uh, one eighty. We had a guy who was bad at drafting but good at spending, and now we got a guy who's really good at drafting and a guy who's bad at spending. So there has to be a good balance in between, and this is that point where this is the in-between. Is it a premier position? No. Is he your guy that has been the best player on your team last season when it was the most dysfunctional it's ever been? Yes. Has he been one of the top players on the team since he was drafted? Yes. I, this is where, you know, sometimes the rules are broken as an attorney, John. I know that we, we going through law school, they always talk about it's the gray. Nothing's ever black and white. This isn't black and white where it's like, Oh, not premier position. You don't pay him that, you don't give him that extension or pay him that much. You just let him move on and go figure it out again. This is that kind of gray in the in between area where it's like, uh, he's really good. He's not a premier position. He's been a leader. He's done all these aspects. They, we don't really have a good secondary. And unless you think, uh, bless Austin, uh, Bryce Hall, <laughs> you know, are really going to step up and be the next guys and the cor- at the corner. And I don't think they are this season. I still think it's going to be a little bare, you know. This is where it's like, okay, and it's Marcus Joyner and Ashton Davis. Ashton Davis didn't really do much last season. He had some flashes, but Marcus May was that dude. He was that guy. So I, I'm, I'm, 
this is where I'm like really putting my foot down for, cause I've been preaching like, you gotta take care of your player. You gotta take care of your player. And I've conceded on Darnold and Adams, so forth. This is where, this is where I'm like digging my heels in. And this is where it just, at some point you got, you got to do it. At some point you got to take care of your guy, even if you didn't draft him. And this, that, that, that's, 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 that's how I feel. Yeah. I, I mean, you're a little harsh on the Joe Douglas is bad at spending, but I, I get you. And, and like, for example, we were being super harsh and being very critical about how barren our cornerbacks are, yet we don't sign a veteran of Richard Sherman. And then now we have, you know, news about a weird, quote-unquote, domestic issue with Richard Sherman where it seems like he broke into his in-law's house. He was intoxicated. His wife already came out and said it was kind of a weird incident, but... You know, regardless, the patience ha- seems to have been working out, you know, th- throughout the Joe Douglas regime so far. Whether it's signing offensive linemen, whether it's signing defensive linemen, whether it's being patient with cornerbacks, whether it's, of course, killing it on the trades. And so I, I definitely don't want to be like, oh, yeah, everything Joe Douglas does is great, and let me try to defend it regardless. So I'm really not on that train. But with the Marcus May thing, it's just, I mean, like, go back and read my article on one, on uh, Jet Press, right, about Marcus May. I Of course, I, I wanted to pay him and extend him because, like you have, you know, uh, we don't have to keep being a dead horse in, but like you said, he was our MVP. He deserves it. But at the end of the day, we are kind of paying for past performance, which we know, you know, talking about law school, we know that's invalid contract, right? Past performance, not enforceable. And and I feel like that's what we're sitting at right now, where we're going to be kind of paying him more for the last two seasons rather than the next two. Does that make any sense? Yes and no, because you also have to understand the potential that he has, right? He's technically in his prime. 28 is their prime of playing sports 28 to 32 is usually that window he's in his prime so he's been playing every game except for one season where he missed most of the games if not all so three out of the four years he played 16 games three out of those four years he was one of the top players on this team last season he was one of the best safeties i think off of that he wants to get paid could you say that his production drops sure that's that goes for anybody after you pay them but you also have to say, you, unless he knows that Marcus May is not a worker and doesn't want to get better and that he's peaked out and that he can't repeat this performance again, which doesn't seem plausible based on what we've seen over the years of how Marcus May has played. So you also got to look at what he can do in the future. You got to look at that he's in his prime. You know, yeah. like yeah. Yeah. That, that's the thing. You. And if you're thinking, and if your if your plan is to say you want to franchise tag this guy for two years and then let him go, like you're not gonna get the best out of him. Like that's and that's you should true. just let him. Like you're just gonna let just let him go. Like just actually let him go. Like the, there's no point then in just wasting a roster spot, causing mayhem in a locker room. That just makes no sense. That's that doesn't even serve the purpose of helping the Jets. Now you have a disgruntled athlete who can potentially be a cancer in the locker room because your GM's not paying you. He's lowballing you. He do, he doesn't value you. You want to get out of there, but you can't get out of there because you got tagged. So that doesn't make sense. Okay, so that if if you that's if that's the route that JD's going, I 
once again, it's not, it's not that I dislike Joe Douglas's move. He's made a lot of good moves. He's also made some bad moves. Okay. We can talk about Robbie Anderson. We could talk about, uh, uh we could, oh my God, I just mentioned the Ryan tight end. Caleb. Uh, uh, Ryan well, Griffin. We could talk about Caleb and we could talk about Ryan Griffin too. Cause he extended Ryan Griffin. That was his first yeah. signing. Yeah. So we, we could talk about that. We could also talk about how we don't have a kicker. You know, I'm, I'm going to talk about the rest of my life, man. It feels like, cause that's going to, that's going to be the bane of my existence this year. So, and that's for two seasons, two seasons that he's like granted the first one. He wasn't, he didn't get to choose the roster, but now we, it's two seasons that he's been here. No kicker. You know what I mean? So I get that he's doing well through the draft. I get that he's finding the premier positions to pay for like Carl Lawson. He's looking for, to reset the quarterback clock because he saw something in Zach Wilson. That's fine. That is all fine. Look, he got Elijah Moore. I like Elijah Moore too. He found Makai Becton. All right. Are we going to get the same thing from Makai Becton? <laughs> I hope not. He's a premier position. Premier position. <laughs> yeah. At some, this is where is this is where I'm just trying to figure out what what is the method to the mad, madness. That's all I'm trying to figure out. I don't know if he, if he's trying to clear everything of Mike McCagnan. You shouldn't even just franchise the tag. You should you should trade him last season and, and call it and call it a show. I feel you. That, those are my feelings on it, man. I feel you. I feel you, man. But speaking of disgruntled stars and you had hit on it last week and if you if you haven't heard alex's monologue from last week on the jets episode make sure to go uh give it a listen it was pretty awesome but speaking of disgruntled players we got cj mosley coming back man and cj mosley has been i guess the star of our uh short uh off season um i know that the jets just actually announced their all open practices for uh for august they're opening training camps to green and white practice. So, dude, we are so back. And one of the guys I'm really excited about, and you had highlighted, and we and now that we're talking about disgruntled players, I really have to talk about CJ Mosley, man. CJ Mosley, who last year who we signed to an enormous deal, broke the bank on him, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, yep. it's probably why Joe Douglas is a little mad, right? Sitting there, uh, st- staring at his books. He sees Tremaine Johnson. He sees CJ Mosley on the books. And If I could be quite honest with you, Alex, I am so damn excited for CJ Mosley. He looks like, he looks like an absolute beast. And I know, I know I should agree with you and be kind of like jaded about this whole CJ Mosley situation because he's played like zero snaps in in real life for us and he's getting paid the highest, like, uh, linebacker $18 million, which is, Quite a hefty payment, but dude, I really feel like he took that last year off because of Adam Gase, not because he doesn't love the game or not because <laughs> of any of that stuff, not because of COVID. I think he just didn't want to be around Adam Gase, which I'm kind of happy about, man. If CJ Mosley played last year, we'd be like, oh, he stinks. He didn't do anything. And we'd keep kind of like be in the mold of that cancerous, you know, 2020 jet season. So I'm kind of happy he's like getting this new role. He has this new head of steam. I, f- I feel like we signed a, you know, a brand new premier linebacker off the free agency, <laughs> right? I feel like him and Carl Lawson are just like brand new coming in fresh. Uh, what, yeah, are your, yeah. what are your thoughts on CJ, man? Are you as hyped as I am? I am hyped. And I, like I said, that article was based off of, uh, it was a whole athletic article on all 32 teams, each team giving an MVP. Uh, getting MVP by the beat writer for the athletic. So Connor Hughes of the athletic chose 
uh, CJ Mosley because he's come back and he looks like a beast in practice. He looks ready to go. You see the videos. He looks in great shape. I'm happy, man. I'm excited. And it wouldn't have surprised me, honestly, if he took a season off uh, because of one COVID and two uh, Adam Gase, um, the real virus of that team. So <laughs> tough. <laughs> yeah. Had to say it. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm liking that. I, I'm liking that he's coming back in shape, ready to go. We need him back. We need him to be that premier uh, linebacker. And even Bart Scott was mentioning it, you know, that he knows what he has to do this season. He, he's going to be ready to go. He's going to. CJ Mosley should be a new man, especially with a new t- with a new head coach and Robert Salah, his defensive guy. All gas, no breaks. I think there's a lot for him to be hyped about, and I think he wants to come back too and show the Jets and the Jets Nation that you know, first year on the Jets, he looked good, injured, really didn't end the way he wanted to, but now he has to prove that he's worth that money because. Look, there's nothing worse than having to get slandered on the timeline or just on Instagram saying, you know, you're a waste of money an X, Y, and Z and just get all the names because you're not performing. So I think he's ready to come back and not really just for the fans, I think for more so himself and just to show that he's still a dominant guy in this league. So it will be fun to watch him back on the field. I can't wait to see what he's going to do. It's I'm really hyped to see you like, honestly, like I keep saying the front seven is going to be the best part of this of our defense, like the run game. I just don't know what's going to happen. Maybe we can have some of that uh, New York giant success with a defense, a stout front that can just get to everybody. And we don't have to worry about the secondary because no one's going to have time to throw. Hopefully CJ. That's our only hope, bro. That's our only hope. CJ Mosley, Carl Lawson, Q will, everyone comes in here starting to do work because that's what we need, man. That is what we need. Yeah, I mean, John Franklin Myers, Shepard up front, Q Will, like you said, John Franklin Myers. I mean, we, 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 we even, we even picked up Vinnie Curry. Like we, we got, we got a couple, we got a couple guys, uh, this offseason that we're not, um, I, I, we're not giving, I think, the proper due until we see something. Because, I mean, as Jets fans, we haven't seen a pass rush. So now you're telling me all of a sudden that's going to be our strength. It's just hard to buy at the moment right now because literally our entire lives we haven't not had a natural pass rush. Never mind a pass rush at all. So it's it's really a, it's really weird territory. And then on the other hand, you're telling me we have a quarterback as well with the dominant wide receiver, Elijah Moore, coming in. I mean, none of it makes any sense. It doesn't. And I'm like, look, I get it's interesting to see the beat. Be so optimistic. And, so weird, dude. So and weird. actually hyping up the Jets. It's putting me in like like danger zone, like feeling like, is this a trick? Like I should not be feeling <laughs> so good and ready for football. <laughs> and then when you have like all all Jets media just on YouTube with like the 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 flight the twenty twenty one flights and uh, you have one Jets drive that dropped today, like all the all the stuff that's supposed to get you, all the propaganda that's getting you ready for the season. So much propaganda, I, I bro. Can't, I can't do it, man. I really can't. Like, I really <laughs> have to, like, take – I have to take a cold shower and just realize this is the New York <laughs> Jets, and I know what the New York Jets have done to, to us <laughs> for the last couple of years. But it's – like I said, excited for C.J. Mosley. But before, like, we keep moving on, because you weren't here when I got to talk about it because you were, you know, gallivanting throughout all Europe. Uh, how? What, what do you think about Morgan Moses, man? We got another – we got a tackle. We, we got I a know, tackle. I know. I know. I know. Uh, I forgot about um, 
that I that I have we haven't actually spoke about that uh, on the pod because it ha- feels like it happened so long ago. But yeah, dude, Morgan Moses, another guy, Joe Douglas is spending right. Um, I'm so happy we got Morgan Moses to be our tackle. Who, I mean, is going to be slated for right tackle, obviously, but also has experience at left tackle. I'm gonna put on my pessimism hat for one second, man. I am a little worried about Becton's foot, right? He has plantar fascia, which is a notorious injury for all sports players, especially football players, especially large offensive linemen, right? So this is, it's a bit of a concern, but having Robert Moses there, having uh, Morgan Moses there, Robert Moses, um, having Morgan Moses there um, does help the situation. Let's say that Becton is actually going to be fine. Having him and Moses on the on the edges is unbelievable with Font as a backup. That sounds amazing to me. And then really our only issue is right tackle with Greg Van Roten, which I feel like at this point he could he could plug and play. Right? <laughs> if it's You mean yeah, right, right guard, you mean right guard. That's what I meant. Yeah, that's I don't know what did I say. Oh, right tackle. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, right guard. That's You're getting too hyped. You're getting too hyped for Morgan yeah, Moses. It's all good, that's man. What I meant. That's good. what I meant. Like, if we have Becton and Moses, you know, filled by uh, Vera Tucker and then Greg Van Roten and in the middle of McGovern, I mean, come on. Come on, GVR. Hey. You, you, could be, you could be the weakest link there, and I feel like you, you, could, you could put something. What, what do you think about the – because I, I mentioned on the pod because I read it. George Font playing right guard, man. What do you think about that? Because that would be interesting because he has some athleticism to him, man. He can move. He can pull. He that can stuff pull. worries that? me. That stuff worries me. I mean, it could either be amazing or absolutely terrible. But I do like the insurance, right? Because now we have Cam Clark and George Font and, you know, sitting on our bench, which, I mean, last I feel like they'd be our starters last like, a couple of years ago, and now they're our bench players. So, I, again, it's almost bizarre world, right? Like usually, what I'm confident in with the Jets, it's I am. Good. It's I'm, not a good sign. I am completely worried about. Like I'm usually okay. We're gonna stop the run. I'm like, ah, I don't know. He's like, okay, our cornerbacks are decent this year. Like, ah, I don't know. He's like, we have no pass rush this year. We have a pass rush. Yeah, we're we're excited about our wide receivers and our running backs, like and our quarterback. Like, what's happening right now? I really have no idea. It's <laughs> really, I really have no idea, and that, and that that is what scares me because once again, the propaganda and now feeling quasi confident, <laughs> like, uh-uh. Dude, the, uh, the, we're, the, we're getting we're getting into uncharted territory now. We're like, I, I need to feel uh, as I did for when the uh, the New York. Knicks were starting that season. I wrote for Hoops Habit, you know, seems going to give a lot of effort, but they're going to be inconsistent. We're probably not going to win a lot of games. And next thing you know, we're the fourth seed in, in the in the East. We've been talking about it all year, man. This team so, really feels like the Knicks, dude. It really I know. Like I know, but we, I, I need to come in there with like lower. <laughs> I really need to come in with lower expectations because... Yeah, lower than Ben. Lower. I, I got to lower the expectations because I need to be surprised. I feel... But I guess here's here's where we can really break the nuance. I feel good that they'll that they'll be competitive, right? And I guess that's why I guess th- it's the same way as the Knicks. Like I actually feel good they'll be competitive this season. It's because you I trust the miss- coaching, man. You, you trust you actually trust the front office and the coaching, which you yeah you never happened for the Knicks and never happened for the Jets before. 
Yeah, and just because, like, look, just like I said, just because I don't agree with what Joe Douglas do, is doing doesn't mean I dislike every. I dislike everything else. I'm gonna pick and I'm gonna pick what I think is right and what's wrong, and that's just this is just my opinion. But for for you're right though. I, I do have trust in the front office for once. I, I do have trust in the coaching staff, even though we haven't seen them what we can what they have done or what they can do. I do have trust in them because. Let's just be real. Anything is infinitely better than Adam Gase. Okay. I'm um, so actually, who who is oh uh, who was asking me this question? I forget someone asked me this question. Who do I think is the worst coach? Whether it was Adam Gase or Fisdale, and I go straight Adam. Gase. I'm like Adam Gase, 100. There's, 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 there's no question. And, and for everyone who's the Knicks fans out there, you should choose Adam Gates. If you're not, let's, let me break it down for you real quick. Fisdale was at least positive. He was a good salesman, polite to the media. He gave you the whole showmanship, you know, actually got buy-in from the young guys. They actually liked him. Uh, guys actually liked him. He didn't, he didn't really go into the locker room and cause mayhem. Uh, it's just that he couldn't coach. Plain and simple. Adam Gase can't coach, caused mayhem in the locker room. Guys hated him, started charging bills for guys who didn't show up to practice because they were injured. That's just wild. Uh, I don't want to go down that list. We, we already know what Adam Gase did. His, <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it's war crimes at this point. He should be, he should be locked in prison for everything he's done to this team. <laughs> so yeah, that's, uh, I feel you go down the road. <laughs> I feel you, man, but I'll say another, another consistency. And uh, this will be our last topic for today is our lack of confidence, lack of production at the tight end position. So the last the last piece of news that's coming out of Jets camp this year before, you know, we really head into hardcore, you know, open practices and um, hardcore uh, training camp is Chris Herndon, man, doesn't look like he's picking up the, the playbook. That's the news. And he did look bad, you know, in this, in the OTAs. And your boy Ryan Griffin, he's been, he's been the only one that's been actually doing anything at the tight end position. So I'm a little worried about Chris Herndon. I'm kind of happy that we have Ryan Griffin, believe it or not. Um, and then we also have, uh, Wesco as, uh, as looking like he's going to be our fullback this year. Yep. Um, taking some fullback reps. So that's really the, the situation, um, out of tight end. Any uh any thoughts there before we head out of here? I mean, Herndon, it's just man, it's so sad. Just honestly so sad. He has a lot of talent too. Hopefully I really hope he picks it up, man. I really hope he picks up the playbook. I hope he takes it seriously because he is not it is, if you want to talk about forget second round picks being bust. This man has just gone from showman rookie season to constantly injured to what the fuck? Dude, he's every, he's every tight end I remember us drafting in the last five years. Like Jason Morrow, Dustin. Oh Keller, my god! <laughs> like, what's the difference? Everyone's the same. What's the difference? <laughs> Green jersey. Where's eighty something? <laughs> Dude, now looking good. <laughs> it's crazy. The last tight end that we drafted that was good was Anthony Beck. Like, it's pretty wild. You know who? Who's the last? But who's the last? I think the last good tight end that we got let go was uh, what's his name from Tampa that we had. Um... Oh, you know who I'm talking about too. He had the bobble catch when we really had the whole disruption with referees calling uh, 
what was a catch and what wasn't a catch. That was Baker, right? Because no, that was versus the Browns. Um, I'll never, I'll never forget that touchdown. Without that was the um, that was the out of bounds call when they when they when they changed the rule after that game where um, the 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 Jets tight end Baker had the ball versus the Browns last possession of the game was about to land in bounds and he got pushed out. But the rule at the time was if the player is about to actually land in but gets pushed out, it counts as a catch. But for some reason, they did not allow it as a catch for the Jets, and then they actually had to change the rule and said two feet in is two feet in and no more uh, basically like push-out catch rule. Oh, God, I, I'll never forget that play. Oh, my goodness great gracious. Uh Oh my God! Think about Jeff Cumberland. I'm looking at I'm looking at some of the names. Jeff Cumberland. That was a name. Woo. Oh my goodness, dude. Yeah, our tight ends have been tough. Very, very tough. Eric Tomlinson. <laughs> ah, there it is. Austin Safarian Jenkins. Oh, That's ASJ. The guy. ASJ, dude. The 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 biggest ASJ memory I have in my head is Patriots. I, oh my God! I was at that game. Oh my goodness, dude. Kill me. Patriots ball at the 20 yard line. I'll never forget it. I'll never nah, forget it. That, and that was that thing. It was like, is it a catch? Is it not a catch? What should we call it as? Yeah, we, really, should call, we should call it as Patriots ball in 25. Oh my God. Kill me, dude. Absolutely kill me. That you was. Me. <laughs> yo, man, that was. Can't, I, I can't. I can't, bro. I really can't. Really can't. And that was probably. He was probably like the best tight end that we had recently. Probably in the last five years, like he actually, you know, he wasn't that bad. He his his stat line was fifty catches for three hundred fifty seven yards and three touchdowns. Not bad. Yeah, yeah. Wow, it's so sad. (laughs) (laughs) To think that that's the best too. I think the the actually last best tight end we had was Dustin Keller. That's awful, dude. And then on the opposite side, we are literally the worst team in the NFL against the tight end. It's just like it's absolute torture. Absolute torture being a Jets fan. But here we are, man. Here we are. Uh, but this this is going to wrap up another Jets episode for me, man. Do you have anything to add? Um, pay Marcus May. Sell the tight end <laughs> position. That's that, that's where we don't have a kicker. Uh, it's going to be interesting, man. Uh, I hope this game doesn't get, come down to field goals because that will be a serious is, issue. We're going to lose uh, a couple right games. Now. We're going to lose a couple games because of. No, nah, I can't go. Man. I can't. I cannot do that, man. I can't go back to thinking about what was it, 2018? Was it 2018 or was it 2019? I can't go back to the 2019 season where we lost by a field goal opening opening day oh. to the Buffalo Bills. Can't think about that, man. Oh, God. Can't do it. Can't do it. Cannot do it. God damn it. All right, man. I think it's going to happen, so I won't think about it. Hey, you, you, want, you want a good one before we leave? You want a good one? Oh, no. We had uh, – how about this as a wide receiver core that we had? Robbie Anderson, Jermaine, Jermaine Kears. Curse, yep. Jermaine Curse, woo! I'm, I like Jermaine Curse, bro. I do too, but still, just thinking about the wide receivers that we had, oh man, let's not go down this road. Let's not go down this road, man. Let's you want to go down this road? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Elijah well, Moore, I, baby, Elijah Moore. Yo, I can't wait for Elijah Moore. I cannot wait to watch him game day action. I, I'm, I'm gonna. I need to get. An Elijah Moore jersey. Like, oh, let's go! I need to do it because honestly, I'm so I've never been. It is very rare for me to get hyped for a rookie. If I'm getting hyped for a rookie, like I was in 
I wasn't hyped for Sam Darnold. I was excited because we got the like the franchise quarterback. I was excited that he could become good. I'm stoked because I think that Elijah Moore is gonna be freaking awesome, dude. I like. I think he's gonna be. Really I hope awesome. you're right, bro. I really do hope you're right. Me too. I hope I'm right too. But uh, just from the footwork and everything I see, and the 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 amazing one-handed catch catches diving to the ground. That's what I'm excited about. And on that note, we'll leave it on that note because that's that's a positive high note. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in for another Jets episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. Please make sure to give us a five-star rating and to leave a comment if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts. If you don't, that's okay. All right? We're available on all the streaming platforms. We're on Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Alexa, Stitcher. You name it, we are there. And on top of that, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We also got a TikTok. Still trying to figure out what to do with that thing, but we got one, all right? So we, we, we out there are doing something. We're, we're, we're trying to figure it out. Maybe we'll do some Ricey videos uh, for TikTok. Who knows? That's right, Ricey. We're uh, going to use some of your comedic, uh, you know, <laughs> comedic talent. Let's go. Man. I, I, I don't even think I could add anything to that. But yeah, thank you guys for joining us for another Jets episode. We are back. The Jets offseason is officially underway. Um, the, as we said, the green and white practice is starting to be open to the fans. Um, I'll probably be at some of those, so I'll be reporting back. Um, I'm excited, dude. We are. We are. Preseason is literally right around the corner, Alex. Right around the corner. If you see a New Jersey State trooper pulling a man who hopped the fence trying to interview <laughs> Carl Lawson or Zach Wilson or Robert Sowell or Joe Douglas, that would be John Malika. So don't worry. I'm Joe we'll, Douglas. We'll... <laughs> I'm going to pretend I'm Joe Douglas. You got to lower that beard, though. You got to bring it down to like wolf further to the cheek. That's what you got to do. <laughs> and then I got to stay away from the beach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, everyone. We'll catch you later. <laughs> Let's go Jets.